0: All right, well, happy Easter and happy Resurrection Weekend, Three Circle Church, and to all of our guests and all of our campuses and all of those joining us online. How many of you are glad that you came to church today? How many of you are glad that you are celebrating a risen Savior? Jesus is alive. He died and he rose again and we believe it. Our faith has its foundation in an empty tomb. And so today we celebrate that together. You know, we tell the same story every year, don't we? We tell the same stories, but that's nothing new for us humans, right? I mean, if you come and you're around my family, you'll hear some stories and you can't really know us without our stories. And we tell the same stories over and over again and they get the same laughs and everyone loves it. Even though they can finish the sentences for us, we keep telling the stories. Let me give you couple of examples first of all uh, this picture will help you understand there's a story that gets told a lot because that is an exact replica of the green large Chevy truck that belonged to my father-in-law that I lost in the woods I lost my father-in-law's truck in the woods and they love to tell the story Uh, here's what happened I was six months into my marriage, right? I had just a year earlier asked this man if I could marry his daughter and he said yes and i marry her and uh, we we come back in town to visit family and he and I go hunting together and these people take us to a piece of property I'd never been to and I'm driving the truck, he's in the passenger side and they stop us and they say hey, your father-in-law's going to hunt here, you keep following us. I follow on down into these woods it's going to be an afternoon hunt and we get down there and they tell me to pull over into the woods and they said hey, you're going to walk about 200 yards down here, you're going to hunt and then when you're done. Just come out, get the truck, go get your father-in-law. It's all good. We're going to leave. Y'all have got the woods to yourself. Y'all have a great evening. I said, great. Well, I go to my stand, find it, no problem, but I forgot to bring a flashlight. That'll be the first of several mistakes I'm going to make on this evening. And then it gets dark, and I come out, and I think, I don't have a flashlight, but I mean, it's one trail. How hard can it be? So I'm heading back to the truck, and evidently there was more than one trail going back towards the direction of the green, big, Chevy truck that would be hard to lose in the woods unless it's me doing the losing, okay? And so I can't find it. And then it gets really dark, and 45 minutes of walking around on trails in the woods, I can't find the truck. I have to finally give in and begin to yell for my brand-new father-in-law. I just pull a Ric Flair, woo, you know what I mean, in the woods. And I hear him yell back. And when we finally get to one another, he looks at me and says, what happened? Are you okay? And I said to him, with all the happiness and joy I could, I lost your truck. And he said, you lost my what? I said, I lost your truck. To which I'm sure inside he's thinking, boy, I'm glad that Nan picked this guy to marry, you know. And we went looking for that truck, and you know we finally found it. And do you know what has happened for the past 22 years, every 4th of July, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every time we're together? If it's a hospital, it doesn't matter. We're going to tell that story over and over again. You want to know why? It gets a laugh every time. Everyone's heard it. They all know about me losing the truck. They all know how it went down. But you can't know us without that story, so we just keep Telling it. Now, sometimes you have stories, but a new one will move the others out of the way. A new one happens that's so great that it supersedes the others. And that recently happened for my family uh, in our own home. This past fall, we were carving pumpkins, and this is what it looked like. These are my kids carving pumpkins. It's going to be a happy evening. It said, You see that little red knife in my oldest son Gabe's hand? That's about to become the star of the show in about 30 seconds. He claims that the pumpkin he was carving was a little harder than the others. And as he's trying to carve all of his energies going into that knife, it came out of the pumpkin all of a sudden and somehow turned around and he literally stabbed himself in the arm. All right? The, all I hear is a scream. I'm on the other side of the counter after I took that picture. I hear him scream and I hear him hit the floor of the kitchen and I see blood shooting out of his arm. And okay, now, that's, all, that's the last thing I remember for a little while. And here's why, because I don't handle that stuff well. <laughs> My wife handles it better than I do. So the storyteller here is really Cooper and Gracie. Cooper likes to tell the story. He says what happened next. He says, dad began to run circles around the house. <laughs> and he said, I was praying out loud, God help my boy. <laughs> he does it like that too. He really gets into it. And he says, and also he began to yell at Gracie, my daughter, to call 911 and get an ambulance there right now. So... Thank, look, they love to tell the story. Thankfully, my son, he cut his arm off, but everything's fine now. I'm just kidding. No, he, they sewed him up. He's okay. But my kids love to tell. That's one of our new stories. And you can't know who we are and our dynamics without that story. It's a great story. We're going to be telling it forever, and it's going to get better and better as we tell it, right? Here's the deal. The reason we keep telling this story about a guy dying on a cross and walking out of a grave three days later is you can't know who we are as Christians without this story. And we know you've heard it. You've heard it a million times. You know what happened, but we keep telling it, don't we? And we'll never stop telling it. Why? It's our story. And you can't know us without this story. And you can't understand why we celebrate and why we're so full of joy and why we Christians aren't afraid of death and we're not afraid of disease and we're not afraid of tomorrow and we walk with such confidence and joy and we forgive one another why are we that way because jesus died and he rose again our king is the risen savior and it is our story amen church so we celebrate today that's our story you can't know us without it if there's a thousand more years on this planet christians will still be telling the story over and over and over again because it never gets old does it I mean, look, there's never been an Easter in my 25 years of ministry that I woke up and thought, I wonder what I'll talk about today. (laughs) We're not talking about Noah's Ark or Jonah in the well today. We're talking about the empty tomb. Because our faith depends on it. The hinge upon which Christianity is turning is that empty tomb. If there's no empty tomb, the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament, we're fools, we should be pitied above all people, that we would have wasted all of our energy and time. But no, he is alive. We do have a risen Savior, and that is why we celebrate. So let's go and tell this story that we're going to tell forever. Uh, Chapter 24 of the book of Luke says this. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb... They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran into the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Church, how many of you will celebrate with me the testimony of the empty tomb from the Word of God today? Amen. (laughs) Amen. He is risen from the grave. So we would say today that Jesus claimed exactly what we just saying about. Jesus claimed to be bigger, better, stronger, and greater, and the resurrection proved that it was true. He claimed those things. He claimed to be bigger, better, stronger, and greater, but the resurrection proved that that was true. If if there is no resurrection, then Jesus wasn't telling the truth, but he was telling the truth. Absolutely he was. And the first thing Jesus claimed is that he was bigger, greater than all things. He's big in his power and authority. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote about this in Colossians 1.16. He said, for by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. You want to know how big Jesus is? Everything you see in this world, including yourself, And every human you know and every tree you've ever seen and every mountaintop and sunrise and sunset, every planet swirling around this universe, every star that twinkles in the sky at night, every bear that crosses across a creek out west, every alligator that crosses a pond down here, every mosquito that lights on your arm, Jesus made it. You see, Jesus became a man, but he had always been God. And he now forever is The God-man, fully God, fully man. And the Bible says here that everything we see was created by him and for him, bringing him glory. I don't know about you, but I can't look at the ocean or the wind or watch one of those beautiful sunsets on Mobile Bay. I can't look at those things without thinking about the bigness of my God. How many of you are the same way? Jesus is big. And, And in fact, his disciples got to be around him night after night, day after day. They were with him. But one night... He showed them his power in a way that kind of freaked them out, to be honest with you. They were out on the Sea of Galilee in their rickety old boat. They're going across... And and the Sea of Galilee is known as a notoriously dangerous body of water. Here's why. The Sea of Galilee sits low down and basically like a bowl of mountains. There's a mountain hill range around this low body of water. The arid air that comes across the desert moves very fast. It climbs those mountains and then it falls. It cascades towards the water really quickly. And when it hits that water, it becomes violent. Storms boils the water into waves going multiple directions, and it can be very dangerous. That's what these guys were caught in on that night. Jesus was in the boat with them, and the Bible says that the boat was about to break apart when they finally woke Jesus up. I love that Jesus is napping during a storm, okay? He's fully human, and he's not worried about a thing. And so they wake him up, and Jesus stands up, and he does something they had never seen. They'd seen him do a lot of stuff, but this one got him. When he stands up and looks at a weather event, Now, weather events, it's natural order. It is humidity meeting heat, meeting the coolness of water. Violence happens, and it's got to work itself out. That's just the way the world was made. And Jesus is going to stop that process in its tracks. And he's also going to simultaneously talk to water. Water has hydraulic laws, physics laws. When water has energy put upon it, it begins to move. When you release that energy, when you stop the force that's being applied to it, the water doesn't immediately stop, right? You've created energy and water will continue to move until it all plays itself out. That's not what happened that night. Jesus stopped the force of the wind hitting the water and he stopped the water from moving immediately. This was sheer power and authority like you've never seen. Jesus stands up and says, Be still. And the waves stopped, and the storm stopped. And the disciples, like you can either do two things. You can either go, Now that was awesome. Or you're really freaked out that the guy you've been having campfires with just told the universe to, to obey him. And that's what they did. The Bible says in verse 27, the men marveled and they said, what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? Folks, Jesus is big. But here's the good news. He's not just big. You can see his bigness and greatness in creation. But the disciples learned an even better story. Not only was he big, he was better. Jesus claimed and proved that he was better, meaning he's good. When we teach our kids to pray their prayers over their food, some of us teach them to to pray. I learned it this way. God is great. But we don't stop there, do we? We say, and God is, come on, help me out. He's good. That's right. I got a kid out there helping me. (laughs) Amen, little sister. I love it. And you know what? Out of the mouth of babes, the Bible says, comes the truth. Because that child just told the truth. Because Jesus was not just great and powerful. He was also good and loving and caring. And maybe one of the most astounding things in the world is that when God came to us, he not only showed us how strong he was, but how good he was. Jesus is better. Jesus said in John 10, 9 through 11, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life For the sheep. You see, Jesus didn't just claim to be big and strong and mighty and powerful. He also claimed to be good and kind and loving and caring. Folks, the Bible says God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Jesus loves you, cares for you. He knows the very hairs on your head, the ones you used to have and the ones you have now. He knows and cares about your every worry, your every fear. Jesus loves us. This we know for the Bible tells us so. We believe these things at our core. Jesus was not just big and mighty. He was he was good and he says here that those of us who follow him find pasture. What that means just like a cow or a sheep, if they if they're given a good field to eat in, they get really happy about it, right? Cuz they didn't plow the field or plant the field. I've never seen a bunch of cows on tractors working the working the field. No, they just they just go in and eat off of a field that someone else plowed. And you know that's the story for every Christian. We live in joy and peace and we don't even have to be afraid of death because our Savior plowed the field for us. He went to the cross and the grave for us and overcame and conquered and he cares about us and he says if we'll follow him, we'll find pasture, meaning he provides for us now. We don't have to be afraid. He will, he will hold us for eternity so we don't have to be afraid of death. That's good news, isn't it? Because Jesus truly is bigger and better. And he also claimed to be stronger. But of course, we just talked about his strength. But I want to I show you a unique way he said he was stronger. He claimed to have authority that was ultimate authority, even over death. Look at what Jesus said in John 10, 17. He said, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Watch this. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again, this charge I have received from my Father. I think a lot of us think maybe the Jewish people who had Jesus arrested, well, they took Jesus' life. Or maybe we think that the Romans, with all their brutality and power, that they took Jesus' life. Maybe it was the guy who hammered home the spikes into his wrist and his feet on the cross. Maybe it was, maybe it was the scourge whip and the soldier that slung it. that that took Jesus' life. But Jesus says here, no one takes my life. I am in complete control. I have authority to give my life and to take it up again, meaning no one should have been surprised that when Jesus laid in that tomb dead for three days that he got up and walked out of it. Folks, the stone was not rolled away for Jesus to get out. On Easter morning, no one heard Jesus knocking on the stone going, can someone let me out? The stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out of the tomb but to let everybody else in. He just walked out of the tomb, folks. Jesus had that stone rolled away so Peter and Mary and John and the rest of the world could look in and see that Jesus wasn't there anymore. He was risen from the grave. He was stronger. You know, Pilate, Pontius Pilate, had unbelievable authority, and everybody was scared of him. He could have someone crucified. And crucifixion was the most horrific way to die in the ancient world. It was horrific. People who stood before Pilate, would tremble in fear and weep and fall to their knees and beg him for their lives. But not Jesus. Pilate, during his interrogation of Jesus, looked him in the eyes like he had looked hundreds and hundreds of other people in the eyes and looked at him and said, You will answer me. Do you realize that I have the power to have you crucified? And Jesus looked Pilate back in the eye and said, You have no power over me unless it's been given to you from above. He scared Pilate to death. The Bible says Pilate went immediately and tried to have Jesus released several times. The Bible tells you that Pilate was afraid. Pilate was never afraid, but Jesus made him afraid. You want to know why? Because he had never looked into the eyes of someone who wasn't afraid of anything. Jesus wasn't afraid. Jesus was in control. And this tells us that the cross he chose and the nails he chose for us, he willingly went to Golgotha, the hill where they where they crucified him he willingly chose these things because he loved us and that my friends is true strength and that brings me to this point whatever you have chased in this life I want to remind you on this Easter Jesus is greater than whatever it is you've achieved attained or have the apostle Paul was in a jail when he wrote book of the book of Philippians and Paul you need to know before he came to Jesus was a rich guy a smart guy he was brilliant. He was both a Jew and a Roman, which was very unique in that world because of his father and his mother being a Jew and a Roman citizen. He had Roman citizenship, and he was a Jew, but not just a Jew. He was a Pharisee, which meant he was in the elite intellectual club. He was, the, he was in the smartest group and the most powerful group in his country and a Roman citizen. Paul had the golden ticket, y'all. He had it made. He was rocking. You know what I mean? Probably drove a Tesla, had it all. had it all. but Paul gave it all up when he he met Jesus. He gave all of that up, and he wrote about it, like literally lost everything I just mentioned to you. It all went away, and here's what he had to say about it. He said, but whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Listen to me today on this Easter weekend. Here's what I have to say to you. Whatever you have or have attained, whatever it is that you've that you've gotten to, whatever mountains you've climbed in your life, your status, your comfort, your financial stability, your kids' success, whatever it is that you value. I want you to think about whatever it is because we all have a whatever like Paul did. Paul said, it was all of this, my education, my power, my wealth, I had all of that and he said, and it's all rubbish to me. Nothing's worth more than Jesus. And today, every one of us have got to get to that point where we come to the cross and the empty tomb of Christ and we say and believe that there's nothing, nothing better than him. And that we would give everything up to know Jesus and follow Jesus. Peter was preaching after Jesus died and rose again. And he was preaching in Jerusalem to the same crowd that had Jesus crucified. So it's the same group of people, same city. And he's going to talk to them like they're the same crowd. And he's preaching to them about who Jesus was. And he says this in Acts chapter 3, verse 14. He says, you, talking to that crowd, he says, you denied the holy and righteous one. And you asked for a murderer, Barabbas, to be granted to you. Watch this. He lowers the hammer here. You killed the author of life. And before we all go, yeah, that's what they did. Well, we've all denied the author of life. Every one of us. Every one of us have disobeyed him. Every one of us have dishonored him. Every one of us have valued other things over him. Every one of us have chased things other than him. We have all denied the author of life. And they killed him on a cross, but he says this, but God raised him from the dead. And he says this last sentence, this important, don't miss it. To this we are witnesses. Why did he say that? Because everyone in that crowd knew two things. They knew it was, the story. it was the hot topic. It was all over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Everybody was talking about Jesus' crucifixion. It was on the news. Everyone was talking about it. So two things that crowd he was talking to knew. They knew that they indeed had cried out for the crucifixion of Jesus. But there was something that was making everyone uncomfortable, and he brings it up. It was something that the Roman Empire was trying to tamp down. They had soldiers looking and searching and trying to figure out what had happened. The Jewish authorities, even more so, were trying to stop this story in its tracks and trying to figure out what had happened. And you know what it was? Everyone knew about his crucifixion and everyone knew something else. There was no body in that grave anymore. And everyone knew it. And Peter looks at a massive crowd and he says, You all know it's true. You all know it. You've all accused me of taking his body. I didn't take his body. You all know that he was crucified, and God raised him from the dead because that body hadn't been found yet, and it never has been because Jesus has risen from the dead. And I think if Peter could stand here today, he would say, first of all, wow, cool, electricity, lights, air-conditioned, this is nice. But I think he would look at us and go, hey, you know, don't you? You know down in your gut that there's nothing in this life that ever matches Jesus. You know it. You know, don't you, the truth. You know who he is. And he would say that if you've never believed upon him to repent of your sin and believe that Christ Jesus is God and that God raised him from the dead and ask him to save you and he would save you. Peter would say that to you because that's how he preached. But you know what else I think he would say to you if you're a Christian on Easter weekend? He would say, hey, tonight when you go home after you've had your potato salad or whatever wonderful thing you're going to eat today on Easter Sunday, I think he would say, get in your bed tonight as a Christian and sleep like a baby you want to know why don't worry don't fear because your risen king is bigger he's better he's stronger and he's greater church he's bigger he's better he's stronger and he's greater and his resurrection once and for all has proved it jesus is bigger better stronger and greater And because of that, we celebrate today. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for who you are, your goodness and your grace. Be glorified in this place as we lift you up and draw people to yourself, we pray, even as we worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.